Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. So y'all ready for Mr. Scott Fletcher bringing the word? Would you make some noise for our boy? Thanks, dude. <laughs> get, that, get the air horn going. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to say, I know that Matt already kind of gave a shout out to the worship team, but worship was awesome tonight. Um, every every week, you guys just kill it. Um, especially the the first song uh, with the the lyrics, the you're doing more through me than I ever could. Um, especially on a night where I'm coming up to preach, that that speaks volumes. So I uh, I just want to say I appreciate you guys. All you guys are awesome. Um, yeah. 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 Give it up for them. All right, so as Matt said, tonight I'm continuing the, the series, the Peaks and Trenches series. Uh, we're in week three. Uh, so who remembers the, the week one message that Matt preached? My hallelujah. My hallelujah. That's okay. We got a couple people. That's, everybody, you better start remembering the titles of these sermons, all right? Um, but yeah, so he, he preached on my hallelujah, having a, a hallelujah, giving, giving the Lord praise through, through every season. Uh, it was a great message. Who remembers week two? Extremely loud, incredibly close. Okay. Yeah, Tim. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, another great message uh, from Matt. It's, uh, it was really awesome just talking about how God speaks to us in, in whispers, and we need to be listening to that. We need to be drawn closer to God couple great messages. Uh, I'm going to give another shout out to Matt because he's just been bringing fire lately. And if you don't take notes, start taking notes. Okay? For real. Uh, when I look back on my notes from his messages, I always pull something new out every time. And it, and it always speaks to me again. So if you're not taking notes, take notes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my, my title of my sermon tonight hopefully will be a little bit m- more memorable for you guys, apparently, because nobody remembers the titles. So when Matt asks you next week, you'll be able to, to remember it. But the title of my sermon tonight is Trench Warfare, all right? Been going on peaks and trenches, trench warfare, all right? So just remember that for next week, because Matt's going to ask you. I'll make sure he asks you. Uh, <laughs> But the, the main piece of scripture that I want to focus on tonight uh, is going to come out of Philippians. And the book of Philippians is, is pretty simply just a, a letter that was written to the church of Philippi by one of the real OGs in the Bible, Paul. Okay, If you don't know about Paul, read your Bible, learn about Paul. He's a legend, crazy life story. Um, just a, an awesome dude. But the crazy thing about uh, this book of the Bible is that Paul wrote that book while he was in jail. Well, he's sitting in prison and he's writing this letter to a church. And the interesting thing to me is that 
whether you're a Christian or not, most people know at least one verse out of that letter to the church of Philippi, and that's Philippians 4.13. Okay? Most people have at least heard of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, different translations. Um, but it's, it's on its own, it's a pretty inspirational little verse, right? So people, that's all over the place. People have it on motivational stickers. Um, people have tattoos of it. Football players wear it on the eye black under their eyes, stuff like that. It's pretty inspirational on its own. But when you put it into the context of all the, the, the whole letter around it, it becomes even more powerful yeah. from the position that Paul is, is writing the, the time in his life. Yeah, so I'm going to read a little bit here, uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 13, okay? Yeah. And we start at verse 4, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And, and he, so he's writing this from prison, okay? So Paul is sitting in prison, doesn't know what's going to happen with, with his future, whether he's going to be released and let go or whether he's going to be killed. Those are basically the two options that are in front of him yeah. as a prisoner. And at the, at the time of uncertainty, Paul says, I am not saying that because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So he is in prison, but he is content. Yeah. And like that, to me, that seems, that seems pretty crazy because I'm, maybe it's just me, but I become pretty discontent when my life doesn't go how I've, how I've planned it. Right. You know, my, my level of contentment kind of goes right out the window when something small happens. Like I get my, my coffee messed up or something. Like I'm not content. <laughs> just yesterday, uh, I, went to, I went to Kidoba. I had a little free entree coupon and I've been saving it and I was super pumped to, to go through Qdoba yeah. and I'm in line I'm sitting there I'm looking at everything I'm like oh man like this bowl is gonna be so bomb I get up there I start telling the guy what I want and he's like yeah actually we're out of uh, we're out of guac and we're out of pico we're out of, we're out of all this stuff and I was like I was like okay that's fine man like I said that out loud inside I was just like this is not okay I was not content with this bowl the whole time I'm eating it I was just like this is not as good as it should be but all all jokes aside like for real I've never been to jail like Paul but I've been through some trench seasons in my life yeah it's good 
<clears throat> and sorry, one second. <laughs> um, and in in those moments of being in the trench seasons, I can't say that my my first response is always to be content in the Lord. You know, and I, in fact, I'd say that most of the time, that's not my first response. All right, but Paul is he he trusts in God and he has confidence so great that he's literally sitting in prison facing the possibility of death and yet he's saying that he is content with that and he has so much confidence in in the face of disaster and if we look back at verse 6 and 7 it kind of explains why he has so much confidence in that situation because it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> See, the reason that Paul has so much confidence, despite his situation, is because he, he has trained his mind and his spirit for that moment. Just like any, anything else with our body and our mind, we will be able to, to handle, we will be prepare, prepared for whatever we train for, right? right? Yeah. You wouldn't go out and run a marathon without training and preparing in advance, right? Like that would be, that'd be nuts. Like I, I would pass out and die if I didn't train before I tried doing that. And the same goes for our spirit and how we navigate through life, right? So if we train our hearts to respond with prayer and thanksgiving to God throughout the, the mundane day-to-day life, yeah. then when we get to those trenches, when we're in that trench season, that's already we're already conditioned so that that is our first response, yeah. is to go to Jesus, to turn to the Lord with our prayers. Yeah. And when our first response is prayer, that's when we really begin to feel God's peace upon our life. Yeah, that's great. And just as Paul said in verse 7, and he demonstrated with his, his contentment while in prison, that peace is, is way beyond our understanding. It's hard for us to understand how somebody could, could be joyful in the face of a, a tragedy in their life, of disaster in their life. And, and, and I've seen it, and it, it, it is, it's, it's puzzling to people. They don't understand how that's possible. <clears throat> but I think it, it simply is... It's a result of being in tune with the Lord and being in constant conversation with Him and having, having that confidence that only He can provide us. That's the only way that we can, we can face that adversity with, with a, a content spirit. So if I was going to offer up a tip for all of us uh, to respond to every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, it would be to be in community right? To surround yourself with people that are going to have the same mindset as you and that are going to respond by going to the Lord first. And I've I've got no shame, (laughs) I've got no shame here giving a a plug for our crews at church. Um, In the middle of a sermon or not, I think it's so important that you get involved with a crew, that you be part of, of this community, that you are around like-minded people that are going to encourage you and spur you on yeah. as, as you move forward. Yeah. 
Because in in uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, I'm going to read another little bit of scripture here. Uh, but it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So it's being in that community, all right? And when Matt, when Matt first asked me to preach on the, the series Peaks and Trenches, uh, I think it's, it's the Lord has some crazy timing, and the fact that Matt, being Matt, chose the word trenches instead of valleys like most churches would do. But he, he picked trenches, and the first thing that I thought of was the title of my, my sermon, Trench Warfare. Because if I'm going to be honest here, I'm a little bit of a, of a nerd sometimes, and I really, I like history, okay? I like to uh, learn stuff about, especially like, like wartime stuff. Um, I like to listen to history podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And when he, during this process, when he asked me to speak, I was like, absolutely, trench warfare. I've been listening to a podcast currently on World War I, which if anybody knows anything about World War I, which I don't expect you to because that's just weird that I like that stuff. But if you know anything about World War I, that was the first time in the history of wars that trenches were really used as a necessity for survival. With all the advancements in technology for all the weaponry and everything, uh, in terms of like machine guns and all that, you had to dig into the dirt and be underground to, to stay alive. Like that was just a, a reality of the situation. <clears throat> and in these trenches, so think about digging about eight feet down into the ground. There's, it's like a tunnel with no top on it. And there's just miles and miles of these trenches everywhere. And you're living in the trenches 24-7, okay? To, because if you step out, that's, that's not good. There's bullets going everywhere, okay? But historically, being in one of these trenches is considered to be one of the worst places to be in all of human history. It's, it's not a good situation. Um, and we, have, we, actually, we actually have a picture that we can show of uh, some dudes in a trench. So if you're, if you're lucky enough, some of the trenches had little floorboards. If not, you kind of looked like that. It would rain and it would flood and get all muddy and stuff. So you're living in mud and water. Usually the trenches were infested with like rats, which leads to diseases. And some of these rats were rumored to be like the size of cats. So they're soup. It's not a good situation. All right. So you're in you're in a bad situation 24/7. Okay. Yeah. And as I was thinking about the the concept of trench warfare and how it relates to us spiritually and how these people lived in these conditions, it, it got me thinking. Um, and, and I also read some stories of, of some of these soldiers, and they're just crazy. But one of the constant themes that I kept coming across was the camaraderie of all these, these men in these battles and these situations. And it, it got me thinking, so if a single man can't survive a battle like this on his own with all the chaos going on, but a, a group of men, a band of brothers, a family, 
they can survive that. They can help pull each other along, yeah. keep each other going, stay motivated, keep people from lying down and quitting. Yeah. Because the goal of these soldiers wasn't simply to sit in the trench for the entire battle, right? right. So that's where you have to stay to survive, but you also have to complete your mission, yeah. which is to fight back against the enemy. Yeah. And the same can be said for us spiritually with what's going on today. We, we, still, have to, we still have to fight against the enemy, right? Yeah. So, see, the enemy, he, he loves to, to get you in a trench and then keep kind of firing at you and kind of keep you down, pinned in that trench. Yeah. And I think that there are times in our, in our life when we need to go through a trench season to come out the other side stronger and, and a little better off. But we were never intended to stay down in the trench. Yeah, because sometimes that trench can feel like you've been there so long that it's the safest place on earth and you just, you just hang out there and you stay there. Yeah. But we were never intended to stay down in there. Right, good. <clears throat> so... God's plan for us requires that we, we get up out of the trench and we keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, all that being said, to relate it back to being in community with one another, right? So we want to be with people that are headed in the same direction that we're going. You know, when we, when we stumble and we can't make it up the side of that trench, when we're struggling to keep moving forward, we have our brothers and our sisters in Christ that come along and can help pull us up out of that, that situation in life that it seems like there's no hope to come out of. And, and I know it might seem like I'm kind of contradicting myself here a little bit with talking about Paul and, and how he's in prison and he, he says he's content with that and then talking about pushing back against the enemy and continuing to move forward and fight. But I want to be clear, there's a big difference between being content and being complacent. Yeah, that's good. Wow. See, Paul is content with God in this situation and with the plan that God has for him. But by no means is he being complacent. He's stuck in prison, but he still is writing this letter to the church. He still is moving forward with what God has for him, right? Yeah. And that actually happened multiple times throughout Paul's life where he's ends up in prison preaching the gospel or he's under house arrest, whatever, and he continues he continues to write these letters to churches and continue to to give them encouragement and, and spur them on and push them forward. He doesn't just just sit back and relax while he's in prison. It could have been very easy for him to say, Oh, like they arrested me for preaching the gospel. I probably shouldn't do that anymore. You know, I don't want to spend any more time in jail. Like that would I mean that'd probably be a natural response from from me if I get arrested for something probably shouldn't do that anymore, you know? But he's got this conviction that, that he won't stop. He does the exact opposite. He keeps pushing forward. Okay? He's, he's doing what God has called him to do and, and continuing to, to push his community forward. And the crazy thing is, if he, if he hadn't done that, if he had chose to, to stop and lay down, we wouldn't have any of that. We wouldn't have any of that scripture, any of those books of the Bible. We honestly probably wouldn't even know very much about him. But because he chose to, to keep pushing forward, he affected generations and generations of, of Christ followers by simply continuing to do what God had called him to do. 
And so, worship team, you guys can you guys can head back up now. Um, we'll kind of wrap it up here. So, I'm not going to claim to to know what you're dealing with or what you're going through, but I can tell you that I know I know what it is to be to be hurting. You know, I've been like I said, I've been through those those trench seasons I know what it feels like to be in a situation that that feels like it's gonna crush you that there's no way that you could possibly move on I know what it feels like to have that that depression where you can't get out of bed because it feels like all the life has been sucked out of you I've been there I understand what that feeling is and the only way that I personally was able to come through experiences like that is by leaning in to, to Jesus and by leaning into my community that came around me and helped pull me up out of the trench that I was in. So my encouragement for us this week is to seek God first in every situation of life. Whether you're, you're on a peak or you're down on a trench or it's just the normal day-to-day living situations, seek God first. Don't go seeking the opinions of other people first. Seek the opinion of God first. Seek God's plan first. Seek his, his, what he has for your life, the purpose that he has for you first. And, and let's train our spirits so that we too can be content even when we're in that trench season. And let's be a community, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a family that inspires each other, offers support to those battling in the trenches, and continues to push one another to a deeper place with with God and with Jesus. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Russell, you can take it away, man.